Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of Podcast 360, your go-to resource for medical news and clinical updates. I'm your moderator, Amanda Balby, with Consultant 360 Specialty Network. Medication adherence is instrumental for the successful management of rheumatoid arthritis to a goal of remission. Awareness of medication necessity and concerns regarding its use, influence adherence, and respectively foster or undermine the achievement of treatment goals. In a new study, a research team explored the unique and interactive roles of patient beliefs about the necessity of RA medications, as well as concerns about them in predicting adherence to prescribed medications. Today I'm speaking with the lead author of the study, Dr. George A. Karpuzas, who is a professor of medicine at UCLA and chief of rheumatology at the Lundquist Institute for Biomedical Innovation at Harbor UCLA Medical Center in Los Angeles, California. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Karpuzas. Let's dive into your study. So to start, can you tell us how were necessity and concerns about medications evaluated and what were patients' concerns about RA medications? In order to evaluate the necessity and concern beliefs about medication in patients with rheumatoid arthritis, we used a standardized brief medication questionnaire. And that, as I mentioned, is a standardized questionnaire that has two separate domains. It has a necessity domain and a concern domain, and each of those domains have five statements, and patients grade those statements from a scale of one through five based on the degree of disagreement or agreement with what the statement expresses, and each of those statements are measured from one to five, and the total range of scores in each of the two domains is from five to 25. To make this a bit more concrete, some of the questions on concerns, for example, have to do with whether having to take medication worries the patient. Another thing is I sometimes worry about long-term effects of my medications, or my medications, for example, disrupt my life, or worries about becoming too dependent on those types of medications. As I mentioned, patients will grade these statements from a scale of one to five based on the level of agreement or disagreement uh, with that statement. And the final score is basically utilized in the analysis. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How did necessity and concerns individually contribute to adherence, and how did they interact? That's a very good question. So necessity and concern had independent and opposing contributions to adherence, and this was even after adjustments for age, gender, and disease durations were made. That means that obviously higher necessity was associated with fostering adherence, whereas higher concerns were associated with disincentivizing patients from adhering to their medications. In terms of interaction, there was a significant interaction between necessity and concerns on adherence. And to put this into perspective, at low levels of concerns, there was no 
significant association between necessity and adherence. Most patients generally seem to be largely adherent to their medications if they had very few concerns about them. However, when patients had a lot of concerns, at high levels of concerns about medication, the higher their necessity perception was, then the higher the adherence to those medications were. In order to actually gain a bit more insight about how this interaction worked, we did this latent profile analysis in which we basically derived patient profiles by virtue of how patients fell under necessity and concern evaluations. And this analysis yielded four latent patient groups. The first was the low necessity, low concern group, which was the smallest group, and those were the indifferent patients, so they didn't really have much engagement, they didn't have many concerns, they didn't also see much necessity in taking their medications. The second group, which was the second least populous group, uh, was the low necessity and high concern, or the so-called skeptical group. The third group was the high necessity and high concern group, or ambivalent group. And the fourth group was the high necessity and low concern group, which was the accepting group. Thankfully, this was the most populous of all with 121 patients. Obviously, those four distinct groups displayed significant differences across disease impact and burden, like, for example, erosive presence or patient assessment of disease activity, also significant differences in physical and mental function, mood, and most certainly adherence. So to make this more concrete, adherence, as I mentioned, varied across those, those groups, even after adjusting for significant differences, and it appeared to be highest in the accepting group, which is the group that had the high necessity and low concern feature, and obviously it was lowest in the skeptical group, which was the group with the low necessity and high concern characteristics. Mm-hmm. So how can your findings help clinicians improve patients' adherence to RA medications? I think that a message that is basically generated is that if you aim at reducing concerns, that may be more effective in the ambivalent group. This is the group that has high necessity and high concern. Whereas emphasizing medication necessity may be more relevant to the skeptical group, which is the group that has low necessity, appreciation, high concerns. So truncating your message differently in those different groups may make you more efficient in convincing and incentivizing patients to comply with their therapy and therefore experience its full effect. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so what would you say are the key take-home messages for rheumatologists? The relationship between necessity and concern beliefs regarding RA medications significantly influence adherence and direct physicians in effectively targeting their education efforts. I think that's the main thing. The second thing is that a balanced discussion with the patient addressing each of those domains provides the safest platform for adherence. Third, as I mentioned earlier, a message and a concerted effort targeted at reducing concerns might be more effective in the ambivalent group, whereas impressing upon necessity of medical treatment towards goal optimization in patients with residual concerns 
may further promote adherence, particularly in the skeptical group. Absolutely. Thank you again for speaking with me today about your study. Thank you very much, Amanda, for this opportunity to communicate our findings to the broader rheumatology audience.